0: I, I saw that on your Instagram. and That looks so cool. But I constantly really like, oh, I never really thought of that. It sounds really interesting. Like, I love how with stories, with literature, you can create anything, the most craziest stuff. But yet it can sound so much fun and so much possibility. Like, I'm a big fan of the X-Men, uh, superheroes. As you know, I'm a big fan of Marvel. And I want to create my own type of X-Men type of story, but it goes real deep.
1: Real deep. My gotta know. This is the Less Gotta Podcast. I'm zeke and in this episode, I'm a friend Antonio to speak about his class experience and why he wants to create. I leave you for content warning for any strong language use in this episode. And hope a nice day and enjoy the show. So, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm really appreciate I'm truly really
0: honored, and I'm excited to be part of it. So, you can introduce yourself real quick
1: and then we get into the questions.
0: All right, perfect. So, my name is Antonio Marin. I'm a current 30 year student at Brew College, majoring in marketing and advertising, as well as minor in communication studies. Uh, I have a great love for the meat industry, as that has been an industry I wanted to be part of for such a long time. Uh, throughout this past year, I've been learning so much about it. I've learned the hard the skills, the the soft skills and the leadership skills that it takes to beat industry by being part of so many internships like Harvard Partnership Company, Hearst Magazines. And one internship I want to be part of this coming summer is Viacom CBS or Velocity Pitch. Hopefully, I get into it. If not, I understand. <laughs> um, fun fact about me, I love Marvel. I'm a big Marvel fan, be it movies, comics, et cetera. Uh, one of my favorite superheroes is Captain America. Very patriotic. is very nice
1: to me, and I just love how noble he is. And um, yeah, <laughs> nice. So now we can get to the question. So, what would your origin be, and how would you like to represent it?
0: Ooh, okay, so I came from. I'm a first generation fam. I'm a first generation student. Uh, my family immigrated here like a year before I was born, so around 2000, and was coming out i was really supposed i'm like the star child my family which was a lot of pressure on me as you know because you grew up my family my parents expect the best out of me which took a lot out of me was little just knowing that i have to do my very best but it also felt honored too because you know with that great expectation you're supposed to be really responsible and know what you're supposed to do and I felt like with that, I had to be an example for my brother and sister who came out after me. As you know, I'm the old, I'm the eldest. And my origin, I feel like a good moral is never let yourself, uh, never, never stop growing. Because I always wanted to achieve my best. I always have been uh, inspired by people who have been, you know, Communicative had been had so much charisma, and I've been inspired by them. And I always wanted to grow because of them.
1: Nice. And how would you represent that? Would you make a book, a movie, TV show?
0: A book, a movie. That's a good question.
1: I feel like I would make it more of a
0: comic book, just a single issue. You know, very straight to the point. I feel like my life is not that complicated to be telling you this big, or orch- it's just like a simple, just orch- certain people pushing me to do my very best and learning that I can do my very best and never to really give up. Got
1: it. Got it. Let's get to you. So how was, so what kind of drew you to media? Cause we all my media. You're in, you want to be in media. So what
0: got me wanting to be part of media? So um, I feel like it began with just like that childish idea. Like I want to be, I want to be part of making these shows. I want to be the one creating these many characters, you know, SpongeBob and and Eddie, just having all these amazing cartoons that, and just seeing how it has an effect on me, be it the lessons that I teach, as well as just getting to see like a kid in me in these shows, like the representation of it. I feel like that's one, that's how I got interested in media when I was really little, Um, but, uh, growing up, uh, I was they, my family taught me to really pursue something else that would get me a you know a job as that mindset. You know what that is. Like if you, they if your parents expect you to have a job that's supposed to get you the income, yeah, like get being doctor, accounting, lawyer, etc. teacher. So for a while I had to put that dream aside, being part of the media industry, being part of these, like creating a show, and et cetera, and focus on my other skills, my hard skills, like uh, uh, math and being an accounting as well as being a teacher. And that's why one of my first majors when I came to Brewer College was accountancy. Uh, I tell my story many times that I wanted to be an accountant. And I guess that after being part of an uh, accountant and just getting to explore that part of the industry, the finance industry, I felt like it wasn't for me. So uh, realizing that I felt, I, I feel like I would not be happy in this industry. I want to explore something else, which my mentor, my humanly mentor, uh, uh, Mark Morales, uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark Morales, I believe. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, he introduced me to the marketing industry. And it was an industry that I never knew that could really succeed in or really earn a, well, a good income in. And he, he was the one who introduced me to it. And because of that, he got me to see like how in the in the marketing industry, you could do anything you want. And since he he, he told me about, see, I told him about my dream I wanted to be part of the industry, media industry. When I was little, um, he ignited that dream again by me getting, by getting by again by me to explore uh, the media industry through a marketing career. And that's how I got myself into advertising and marketing communications and getting to explore the media industry where I am right now.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, I just kind of fell into it. Got that zero in that midterm. I was like, you know what? Marketing. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, don't be afraid to ask me any questions if you have any questions. Oh, perfect.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Just in case I forget to tell you that. I got you. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll ask some questions to explain or clarify something okay so now with that so what was i how did you deal with that pressure of being the first generation
0: Ooh, how did i dealt with it that's a good question right there <laughs> so hmm. so with me being a first generation student i feel like i had to do some sacrifices that i didn't want to do to really be successful first generation students. so my family really like i said the expectations the. Pressure that your family puts on you gets you to lose some things that you really want to do ever since you're when you're little. So for me, I wanted to be a social butterfly. I wanted to connect with so many people, but due to my family having this expectation of doing be- good in grades, doing great exams, and trying to do your best academically, it caused me to lose a lot of my social life when I was little, causing me to be very socially awkward and not be able to make friends. As let's say someone who was who has connected with kids from every age and every like every from every region everywhere um that's one thing i could say that as a first generation student really affected me like just not getting the chance to really um connect as with people as i wanted to uh, that changed as time went on as you know when i came to brook college that's when i was able as a first generation student my pressure was on me like since my family didn't i don't have to say it. but when i came to college being a first generation like the pressure of it felt how you say lightened because now my family are proud that I am in college like I'm the first person in their family to be in college so the pressure they put on me has lightened in the sense they do not expect much more out of me in the sense of just wanting me to get a successful career now that's what they just want out of me and just knowing that got me to see that, got me to explore some things that I really want to do be it connected with people, me with so many friends and professionals, and getting to network and getting to love that aspect that I felt like I had to sacrifice when I was a first generation student, when I was younger.
1: Got it. Now everything's on the cliff. You, you you did your part for them, and now you go branch out and do your own part for yourself, yeah. by yourself. Yeah, that. Just
0: getting to do things by myself having that sense of independency was was so great <laughs> that's one thing i love about being in college you get that sense of independency and uh, this is your life that you're trying to uh forge out and it's just amazing just getting to have that sense of power of
1: your own life and that time in college is like oh i can do this and nobody gonna tell me no nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> At the time, it was like we had to go to lunch for the um, summer bridge, like the summer experience. And I was like, I don't have to tell anybody I'm going to lunch. I'm going to come back. This is nice. This is awesome. This is
0: nice. I get to do what I want. I instead <laughs> of choose. what you expect me to get, I choose what I want to get. And I, that feeling is so great once you get the first feeling. Like, like for me, um, I feel like first that first started when, like whenever I go to school, it was since – my family had like a strict policy on me because they expect a lot out of me. I used to call them every day, you know, every day when I come to school, like, hey, I'm home. I'm no, I'm hey, I'm here at school. I'm going to start, et cetera. And just feeling like they had that power over me. But ever since like it, the start of my second semester where I just stopped calling them after a while because I knew they had they have confidence in me. They knew I was going to come to school either way. And. And not having a chance to call them, just do my own thing the more that it's not just making sure they know where I'm at. It's just that that control that I have in my life just feels so good. That that little step got me to do so many things on my own.
1: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. But yeah. You only in your third year. I am. My, t- my whole life is just after 2020, I was just like, I don't
0: know what time is anymore. Yeah, me There, Like, supposedly I'm... <laughs> Even though I'm a third year, I'm technically a senior, too, because I came in with so many credits. Like, I could graduate in the end of this year and just have it. That's just scary. Like, I'm going to (laughs) graduate. What I'm going to do afterwards, I don't feel like I have a job ready for me after I graduate. So having that feeling of knowing that your college years is going to end, but your your grown-up life is going to start. Well, I cannot say grown-up because right now we're all grown-ups. But that sense of really being independent and not having school in your life after having school for the, like, ever since you were little, it's just very, very, I guess scary, you know? Because you're losing that one aspect that you feel like you're going to have for the rest of your life.
1: Then that feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I can't stop it, but, you know, it's got to deal with it. Yeah, you got to deal
0: with it. You got to deal with it. I feel like that's one thing with the school system that I feel like it's kind of flawed. Because ever since, like, you come out, uh, you were born, you're expected to come to school, uh, like, from pre-K to now middle school, elementary school, then to high school. Like, that's, like, school. Your like, school is, like, part of your life for, like, the majority of your life, of your early years. So you grew up expecting, like, oh, school's going to be with me forever. So I'm not expected school to leave me anytime soon. But ever once you're done with high school – you're really, you're really seeing that school is not going to be with you at all, and you're going to lose that one thing that has been with you for such a long time. Do you don't have to like process it? You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, I was I lived through it.
0: Yeah, I lived through it. Like I think through, I don't want to lose you now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A very weird relationship you have with school.
1: Like I, I be like, I miss school. Like no, I don't. I miss my friends and I miss my the friends. environment of people. Yeah, I, I miss the environment of people. I'm
0: gonna, I'm not gonna be there no more. I don't need to worry about my 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 professor screaming at me of not that's, being my
1: phone. It's so weird. <laughs> and once you start working, you kind of feel like I kind of felt the same. I was like, I don't feel any different. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm just chugging along.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, that's all it is.
1: Yeah, but working sometimes you feel like you're working only for the weekend. You know, just like I gotta learn how to like now navigate through that and see what's my next step. It's annoying, but yeah. So what do you work at? I work at Group M. Huh? I work at Group M. who what's that? Uh, media. I uh, work in radio. Oh, uh, advertising. That's such a good fit. since
0: you do a podcast <laughs> like that. That's awesome, bro. You're doing double the dream job. They didn't yeah. know that you're doing the Let's Gather podcast too.
1: Yeah, that's how pretty much how I got the job because I applied for a different position, and then the recruiter was like, "Hey, I have a position I'll open on this team." Because when oh, they sent me the um, they sent me the interview email, I was like, "Wait, did I apply to this position?" Had to go to my email. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't apply to this position, but was I like, did the interview? I was like, okay, and then they helped me out get ready for the to meet the hiring manager, and then that's how everything worked out. That's dope. I like that. That's a good way you can get jobs. I remember that
0: happened to me with Viacom CES. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, So I was doing interviews for them for, I think it was a, a digital marketing internship position. It was just this last month I was doing an interview them for that, but they saw that based on my resume and based on what I want to do in the future, which is, you know, uh, based on my hobbies, they decided to ship me from that, to apply to interview for that internship, to interview for an IMC internship. With their uh internal agency uh yeah internal creative agency, which is the velocity pitch which was really cool just getting to switch over to that, which connects to my hobbies uh, that I want to do since you kind of inspired me because I see so many people with these creative ventures like and actually succeeding I am like damn I want <laughs> and I'm a big fan of books, I'm a big fan of comics. I also love to illustrate uh, I've been trying to grow my skills. I'm a self-taught artist. I don't say I'm the best. I say I'm very adequate in, you know, action poses, uh, speed lines, etc. And I'm trying to work on shading and coloring. I want to one day create my own comic book, you know, my own stories, all my own IP. So I can, you know, someday that will be successful, get some money out of that. And just get to create something that is my own. And I'll feel really proud of that I actually own. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nice, met, I met a lot of like self taught, like a lot of artists and everything going to conferences. And really, then, yeah, because um, this week for this at the time of recording this week, the um, guest is he, the author the Every Time time Demon Slayer series.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I saw that on your Instagram, <laughs> and that looks so cool, but I constantly really like, oh, I never really thought of that. It sounds really interesting. Like, I love how with stories, with literature, you could create anything. The most craziest stuff but yet it keeps sound so much fun and so much possibility like i'm a big fan of the x-men uh superheroes i do not i'm a big fan of marvel and i want to create my own type of x-men type of story but it goes real deep real deep with the uh, topics of race and prejudice media how it affects the you know our society and all that uh, and I want to go more in the realistic aspect and how that actually affects like people, individual people who are different, who have their own stories and just how they can be affected by this world. It's still going to be powerful, magical. Like it still has that power fantasy to it. That definitely attracts me. Cause I know that all of us, um, even though there's some concepts that we like, we also like to see some cool stuff, you know, action, superheroes, Dragon Ball Z. That, that's like one of my, also main inspiration. And I want to create a comic regarding that. And a story, I usually, I have a lot, I like to create so many things um, and I name them each with uh, a certain topic or certainty that connects them. And with this story, I want to call it Project Generations. That's like the project name so far. And I it's just like, the reason I named the Generation is because I want it wants to be like the generation that breaks the stigmas, you know what I'm saying? That generation, there's always that one generation that has an impact with the world. I want, and that's why I called it that. Cause I want this generation of characters to change the world around
1: them. That's nice. Definitely. Definitely just do it because you can also do self publishing. You can find artists and be like, hey, work with me. You can yeah, find yeah. editors and be like, hey, work with me.
0: Just work with me. Do
1: you know any? Oh, uh, no, but I'm probably good. Like, I got you. Like, poverty, no, I don't know. <laughs> like I'll keep it in mind just in case I come across somebody who does anything I'll be like
0: hey I know a guy all right perfect man greatly appreciate you if you can uh I definitely want to self-teach myself teach myself regarding you know, self-publishing I know a little bit things about it and the the struggles that do come with it because you know since you're one creator since I'm kind a one person team right now I have a lot it's gonna be a lot for me to handle regarding Again, uh, ip like copyrighted all them um actually drawing and writing again that edited having an editor um getting to publish it with different type of companies it's gonna be a lot to handle i see i'm a work person's team right now um uh i'm a little excited and a little scared for it <laughs> all that responsibility because i have so much already but having this would be make it will be more rewarding i guess you can say
1: yeah, definitely. So I know like if you, cause if I was to do it, I would just do like digital, cause that's just cheaper for everybody. And yeah, just yeah, do yeah. Amazon publishing and be like, okay, cool. This is free. All I gotta do is just create it, send it to them, and then they're, uh, what you call
0: it. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, digital should be actually good. I, I already know that digital comics are already getting mainstream, like Webtoon, uh, comicsology. Those are some big uh digital yeah. comics. Uh, Companies right now, and I actually want—I do want to hit myself in the realm with that. I also want to do some actual publishing books to stores because it's nice to have the actual physical book in your hands, just getting to read it, just see your own creation. And who doesn't like having the book in their hands? You know what I'm saying? I have a bookshop right now. I from time to time I like to pick up some manga, some my own graphic novel, and just read it and just see this, just see the story myself, just getting to feel it. Because after a while, you get tired looking at the screen.
1: Yeah, makes sense. You got this. What I do is just start, and then it gets hard. Cause right now even this is hard. But then you just gotta be like, why am I doing this again? Yeah. Find <laughs> Either find your old motivation or find a new motivation. Uh, I definitely lose motivation constantly, and I always kind of dealt with it. it. Was like, oh, the way I work is what's worked it in most efficient way. What's my goal? Cause like every time I call it, I'll be like, okay, before I make this decision, what am I going to do? Like, what was the main goal? The main goal was to graduate? Okay, cool. Whatever gets me closer to that is what I'm going to do. And then, because recently I stopped doing Graphic Select as a freelance because I kind of just lost it. Over time, I kept just like, it kept becoming harder to create. And then my mind was like, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore. So it's it's okay for me to stop. And since I'm already doing the podcast, I pretty much had that transition already of like, I was doing this before and now I'm doing something else. So, I'm saying is that, and right now with the podcast, the main goal was like to do something and see what happens. And then once I got the job, I kind of lost motivation because I kind of mm-hmm. achieved my goal already. I was like, to get a job. I was like, I did it. So now, why am I still doing this? So, right now, currently, I'm looking for the new motivation of what's next.
0: Oh, wow. So, hmm. So, with having all of that, what's Keep it with, you know, like you said, uh, with you keeping yourself being here, we're doing the Let's Gather Podcast, being successful in it, and getting to do this job, you're going to do, do, you're basically doing two things that are almost similar to one another and similar like parts of the media industry with finding that same motivation. I don't, um, how do you, what you love to do? What why do you like doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's your like key thing that's like, oh, this, I love doing this for this podcast and this is what I love about it
1: I think like initially it was just like talking with people because a lot of times living in New York City we don't sit down and talk mm-hmm. and then with my friends they a lot of times they like become more relaxed and just we just talk and we have fun together and that's what initially and now I think there's more of me seeing where how far I can go to see how oh. big it can get like there's there's momentum I have momentum so let's see where that momentum leads me
0: oh okay that's good cool. okay i like that that's a very good response right there because
1: <laughs> this tds this moment i'm always trying to make it more efficient so i don't be can be less tedious
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then for work i use it's mainly it's mostly like the back end so like mostly like the paperwork and stuff It's like um the planning side not like planning but like how do you say it? um it's not like the execution is more of like the um, seeing who where to get that where to put the um where to place the advertisers, the clients, where to place them into what shows. Oh
0: okay. So like yeah. the you're buying that's like the media spots, correct? Yeah. Like yeah. for advertisements and all that.
1: Yeah. So okay. it's not like the it's in the same realm but not the same thing, so I'm not like burning myself out by doing twice the amount of work.
0: Oh, okay. So this is different, differentiation between what yeah. you're working at and what you're doing with the last guy podcast. This is more creative, while your current job is more on the business side with media. I yeah. think you're media, bank, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. That
1: was just lucky timing.
0: Lucky timing. <laughs> that's very good. I want to do that too, <laughs> because you're doing two things in the media industry. That's like very fun to do. Like. I, I, like, personally, I want to be part of the business side of the, no, personally, I want to be in the creative side of the media industry, like, getting to be part of the faces, get to really connect, get, create those creative stuff, like, be it, like, a commercials, um, acting, and all that, like, actually getting to be part of the creative process, because I love the graphic design, I love using different programs, to graphic design. and I like to illustrate, Um, as it's just so much fun for me, it's just so much fun for me, but I also know that my, my skills were actually uh, succeed is going to be business side. So I know I could be more successful if I were to be the business side in the um, media industry, like being an account manager, uh, media sales, sales, and marketing directing. I feel like I'd be successful more in that just because I know my skills are more um, more specialized in the business side rather than the creative side, even though I would love to be part of the creative side.
1: I know. Definitely see if you do both or work your way into the other mm like don't, don't I heard that. Go ahead.
0: yeah, no, because I spoke to so many people regarding the trying to transfer from one part of the industry to the other, and they the way I tell to so many people about it, they said like it was more easy for people were in the creative side to more transfer to the business side of the media industry rather than the other way around because of how the skills that you're being that you're using in each aspect are very different from one another. where the creative side you're more focused using the soft skills. And you know, and having that creative outlook and being different from one another, while and I, I won't say like the median street for the business side is like dissimilar, but you're more focused with your heart because what you know, yeah. what you're able to provide, and it it was it'll be more harder for you to transfer to the creative rather than the other way around.
1: Definitely, what I would say is to um, pretty much have a proof of concept, pretty much mm-hmm. do your own stuff on the side. Don't like just mm-hmm. always don't be tied down to a job. And like, always work towards your own goals because, like, the we re- like re- we said earlier, how I got the job was because I had the broadcast was became was caught the eye of the recruiter. Mm-hmm. So since you since you saying you work in a company, you might you already in the ecosystem that they're looking for somebody who's like talent, and then they get um have an easier goals. Uh, what you call it? Uh, having somebody recommend you for your skills.
0: Okay. Okay. That's what just happened. To... Yeah. That sounds good. Isn't that, is that, thats that like networking inside your company to see if you yeah. can transfer, like part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, got you. I want to do that. But I'm also scared because I feel like, you know, you're basically asking the company, I don't want to like you here. You can't go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? You're basically saying that you don't like where you were put. I don't know how to feel about that. You know what
1: I'm saying? Uh, I think it, it really depends on who you're working for in the company because some, like my company, they really help you. In, like, move up and like develop as a developer in a career as a professional. So they have like, it is easier to like transfer to the different parts of the company or different companies within the company, to different sub companies.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And yeah, and they also know that you're going to, you're not going to stay in the same spot. You're going to move up. You're going to evolve.
0: You are going to evolve? Like, mm-hmm. You're going I to evolve be. as a person hmm okay okay
1: there's a lot of perks with on oh, media you get free stuff all the time i got a free sweater oh, that's yeah. some money <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what i love about me you also got a lot of free stuff my favorite thing is that they give you sweaters i love sweaters um i got one sweater from hearst Magazine. so i was gonna get one from my other company called harvard picture company but uh Instead of me going out the front door, I went out the back door. I never got that sweater. <laughs> I never went back in person. And they messaged me saying, like, whoa, where were you? I'm like, I just left. I just, you guys told me to leave. I, I left. You're like, did you leave through the front door? Or how you left? I'm like, I don't know. I left through a door. <laughs> the, 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 weird, the way it was like, oh, for me, it was so weird to me that I got lost on my way out. So I left the back door. Um, I didn't know it was the back door. It looked like the front entrance to me, but they just said like, okay, next time when you come to the office, we'll give you the sweater. Never came back. <laughs> it all it went fully online. Never got the chance to go back and say hi to them again in person. I kind of regret that. It was really fun, that internship, which could have been more, but for what way it ended, I'm pretty really glad that it got to meet some amazing people. <laughs>
1: Here's a better state than I was in college. Only did one internship. One media
0: internship, my senior year. Wow, okay. I was going to do that as well. When I started my freshman year, I was having that mindset where, like, just do my classes for my first three years and just get that internship on my senior year. That's so I know when I get that internship, people are going to know I finished my years in college. I'm just going to graduate and get that job but one person that really opened my eyes was another was another person from humility cohort was Christian Hernandez. You probably heard of him. Um, he really like, he really showed me that I had to do my best. Cause he was like the ace, like he was an A plus person in seeking, and Malay all of Rook. He was doing his best. He was really in that hustle. And he was so, he was part of so many things. And since so I was his friend, uh, I usually compare myself to my friends, saying like, "Whatever they're doing, whatever they're best to doing, I should be achieving that." And when I saw him achieving so many, so many like interviews with so many people, I was like, "Damn, I need to be my, I need to do that. I need to stop being lazy and just go out there and try to connect with so many people." And that's what I did. And he got me to be, he inspired me just to connect and expand my professional development. And that's how I got my first internship in my sophomore year. Um, it wasn't my best internship. As you know, now all the internships are the best. And depending on who's like the leadership, how the leadership is, the managerial style. Um, since my first internship was a unpaid internship, I was able to make it a paid internship, which I'm really glad with. Um, I'm su- I'm happy that he inspired me to get my first internship in uh, my sophomore year. Nice. Yeah, definitely uh, It was
1: like, uh, like an internship class for cybersecurity. That's how
0: I did, and then other than that, there's pretty much just a lot of book stuff, a lot of clubs and stuff. Yeah, clubs, clubs. I wanted to be I think I like, I joined a club after I joined the industry. I wanted to join a club for so bad, but I was very proud of you Malay. And no, actually, I joined the club before. I don't know, like, so me join, I was. Since it was my sophomore year, I was doing so many things. You know, the UMLA 10th anniversary were occurring that time. Yeah. So <laughs> I was the only person in that, uh, co- that um, not cohort, was it called? Um, committee. I was part of the UMLA 10th anniversary committee. And since I was the person doing the most things there, I see because We were working together yeah. on so, so many things on that uh, event. It was really a handful where I feel like UMLA was my only club throughout my first and second year. Because I was was part of so much in that, and that um, program that I got to be that I got to make, I'm really fortunate being part of UMLA because it got me to open the doors and get people to see me as who I am, as someone who's very dedicated to work, and I feel like UMLA was the only club that I was really part of for the first two years, next to AMA. America needs your
1: work.
0: Wait, no, you know. AMA is American Marketing Association. I was, I was part of your, Yeah. I was also part of American Needs You. But I feel like at the time with sophomore, like I said, um, UMLA would just take it away too much of my time where I felt like like I didn't do much in A&Y or AMA because UMLA was, I was doing the, the I was the chair of the Marketing Communications Committee. You know, imagine the UMLA social media programs. The secretary for the 10th anniversary committee, being part of every meeting, getting to write all the notes, making sure I, everything was on task, my classes. Yeah, <laughs> UMLA was a majority of my life in my in second year. In my second year.
1: Failure, feel you, feel you, definitely. And then what else? College, careers. I'm just Great. starting mine. You about to start yours. Yeah.
0: I think it'd be scary starting my career. I don't know. Uh, I'm still up in the air if I can. Well, I feel like I can succeed in whatever role I'm in as in all my jobs so far. I never think of giving nothing but my best. Like right now with my current job as a, I always try to achieve my best and give my very all, oh, achieve the next goal and being fast, efficient. And with being part of all my clubs, I want to be best at the role I'm given. Never failed my other club members. So I'm not scared of me failing in a certain job. I'm just scared of not getting a certain job. You know, again, doing the first step and actually attaining a position. Like right now with my interviews, I feel like even though I am practicing and doing my best, I feel like I am losing that sense of not saying motivation, but that sense of energy I had in the beginning of my, you know, when you're starting off, doing in all this profession, you felt energetic, like, you know, I can do this. I have to do this. I can do my best. But now I feel like I'm losing that sense where I, whenever I do these interviews, I do try to give it that same energy, but that's not the feel the same as it was before. And you kind of feel un, like unmotivated to continue with doing all this professional development, knowing what feeling that you might not achieve it and you keep putting yourself down. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, definitely. Like for that, even though if you lose motivation, sometimes you just to uh, sit there in it and just like, okay, this is how I feel. I don't know, because I I got I got my job two years after I graduated. Do so you remember you see me in campus doing a tutor and everything just working? Yeah. To certain else.
0: Nice. Yeah, I know you were always there, which is always awesome, when <laughs> seeing you in person. <laughs> but it comes back to, like, finding that motivation, which right now I'm trying to find with everything going on has been very heavy on me. um, With my personal life, my work life, as well as my professional life, to try and maintain all of it together and find that right motivation is still hard for me right now. As I feel like I do not have it. Um, but like you said, you just got to find it and make sure you stick to it to push you through all these things.
1: or again, sometimes it changes and you just like, okay, this is my new goal. That I achieved this one or this one isn't feasible anymore. Okay, what's next? What's new?
0: What's next? Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. (laughs) What's new? What should I do now? Should I achieve it? How should I achieve it next time? And how can I continue achieving it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all focused on achieving what you need to do.
1: And even then, if you even if you work and you still probably don't feel like you have it. I was talking to my friend Frances yesterday for her episode, and she's four years, like three or four years ahead of me in her career, and she doesn't feel like she has it all the time. So it's going to be a lot of this, like, you make a decision and you see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Uh,
0: but it's like making that decision is also scary, too, because you don't know what's going to happen after, you know what I'm saying? Like. How can that decision affect your life, be a big waste, or little waste? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's current to me right now. Like, one of the decisions I was sign was to leave SEEK or continue being part of SEEK because last semester, I started paying my own tuition, and I feel like I didn't want to pay it, you know, because tuition caught a lot. <laughs> but, and I was faced with that decision. I talked to Andrew about it, saying, like, I don't want you to leave, seek as we feel like we'll, we'll still give you so many opportunities and so many programs, so many resources for you to use. But if you do decide to seek, leave, seek, just know I'll, I'll be supporting that decision. Um, and just getting that choice of where to leave or stay is was a lot for me. And I decided to stay and pay the tuition by myself, which I feel grateful to because now I know that even though... I am working to pay the tuition on my own, not with the help of my parents, I'm kind of too prideful to act to take any of their help. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's a, that's one thing with first generation students. Like you don't want to, your parents to help you like give them, give them, give you too much. And you want to achieve it on your knowing that you can't do it. And that was that's what I felt in my uh, last semester. And I was able to pay it off on my own, which I felt, which I'm very proud of. And again, the decision to continue being seek is I'm very grateful for it.
1: Nice, nice uh, you're in the same you in that position where you that you're growing up and you're just like, "Oh, I'm an adult now."
0: yeah <laughs> I'm an adult now it, uh that feeling it's good and bad at the same time because it's good knowing that you're independent, you're finally in this growing- up world, you feel like you're capable with doing it. But it's also bad because, you know, I know whatever decision you're going to do now is going to be on you. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. independence means that all responsibility, all liability will be on you. And just having that pressure is a lot.
1: Yeah. And always don't be afraid to actually help because I can't do everything by myself. You can't. Yeah. Nobody can do everything by themselves. I definitely actually help all the time at work, all the time at school. I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's
0: going on? Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I need to work on. I feel like I'm I'm a very prideful person. I got from my dad, but I'm too stubborn to ask for help, even though I really want to. Uh, sometimes I've been breaking out of that shell recently, like more recent in these coming months. I've been trying to ask more people, like, you know, are there any programs you got to offer? Is there anything that you can really explore? Is there any people I can talk to? And asking heart regarding that. Uh, with my mentors and many of these programs i'm in but before i was very kind of stubborn in the sense that even though i really want to ask for help i feel like i would be like a liability you know what i'm saying like saying i, I need some help with this i feel like i would have be been putting more pressure on my what i'm facing what i'm dealing with to on you and i'm, I'm glad that i'm breaking out of that shell, but it's still there you know what i'm saying like that little that little bit is there
1: definitely one of my main skills in group was finding somebody who had an answer i'm just like hey I have a problem do you do you know somebody who knows somebody okay cool that's the person okay <laughs> and just finding that like um board of directors for your life and just like people you go to like hey i don't know what's going on or like hey what do you think about this situation it's always good to have people
0: definitely definitely and it's always great knowing that people will be there for help. you know what i'm saying like you're not yeah. you know and it's always great knowing that those people will be there like I know I, I have a certain friend group where I keep seeing them over and over. Uh, they don't know when I'm talking That Whenever I ask for their help regarding any emotional support, they're always going to be there. In the beginning, like the first few years of me asking them, I felt like I was a little scared really being open with them. But now, again, the chance to get to know them, I'm really open with them now. And I'm glad that they have the chance to be open with me as I'm open with them. Again, the chance to help each other without any, like, without any fear of the like, other person judging you or like any fear of asking for help.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good time to end. One last question is what would you name your origin story?
0: Oh what would you name your origin story? That's a good one. Ah uh, okay. That's a very good question. I don't know. It's a very <laughs> okay I will name my story. Hmm. Never
1: stop moving. Nice. Man, thank yeah. you for thank you for joining the podcast.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really honored to be here and getting to be interviewed by you and getting to talk with you. It's still so much fun.
1: Lucy you you from the you was there from the beginning. There was a concept and then it became an idea, then it became yeah. a product. Yeah. That brings another episode of the Last half Pike so close. Again, other than my friend Antonio for joining the podcast. For next week, I have Roy O'Sing, to speak about his journey in business and to give tips to young professionals. Hope you continue nice the next day and hope to see you there.